You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Jesus Christ. Many of us say, oh yeah, I love the Lord. Really? Well, are you keeping his commandments? Are you doing what it says here? And again, a commentator I read said this, loving Jesus is a response to beauty and greatness and glory. It's not a response in the need of weakness or defect, which also means that love for Jesus is pleasurable. It's pleasurable to love him. If you've been saved from the oppression and death of sin by Jesus, your heart will desire to serve and honor Him in whatever way you can. As Pastor Dave will remind us in today's message, that will mean denying the remaining desires of your flesh and living as a manifestation of His love for the people around you. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 14 as he continues his message, The Manifestation of God's Love. Name me a sin that wasn't taken care of there. Name me one. You can't. Name me a problem that wasn't taken care of there. You can't. It is sufficient. It is sufficient. You question God's love? Look at the cross. As you read his word and as he speaks to you, he speaks to you of the cross. He speaks to you of the wonder of the cross. We sing, oh, the wondrous cross. He speaks to you of that cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the love of God has been manifested to us by Jesus' death on the cross. But it doesn't stop there. Because as we discussed last week, the love of God is also manifested to us by Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Praise God. See, why? Because love is a sign of life. Love is a sign of life. It said, God is love. You could also say, God is life. God is love. God is life. The appearance of love shows that a man has life of God with him, in him. The new life that carries us by faith in Jesus Christ. It's a love. It's not a lie. It's a love. Those who believe in Jesus Christ have this life. Why do we have this life? Because we cling to Jesus Christ. We cling to him. And and we won't let him out of our sight. We cling to all the things that he is. Now, sometime in this millennium, we're going to get to chapter 15. I guarantee it. And when we do, we're going to see that Jesus is going to say, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Abide in me. He's going to say, cling to me. Cling to me. Cling to me. Jesus said in verse 19, and I love this, he was speaking directly of the resurrection. We covered it fully last week. In verse 19, he says this word, because I live, you will live also. Beautiful promise of God. A beautiful promise. Jesus also tells us that God has manifested his love by the coming of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. 
Jesus asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit upon his disciples. Why? So they could be joined together. So they could be joined together as one. Jesus was living, leaving. He was going to sit at the right hand of God the Father. He didn't want them to be orphans. He didn't want them to be comfortless. So he sent the Holy Spirit. It is through the Holy Spirit that the promise that the disciples would have a life of relationship. That's what it's all about. It's all about a relationship. We have that relationship now with God, with Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. That is what gives us that relationship. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth of Jesus Christ, that witnesses of Jesus Christ, that guides us and teaches us all things. So we have that relationship with God by the Holy Spirit. It's a union. You can have that too. It's a union that we can know God's will. We can know him in a way. We can experience his love. We can experience the revelation of Jesus Christ in ourselves as he manifests himself to us. Where does this flow from? It flows from the union with God that we have through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you, witnessing and testifying of Jesus Christ. As we look at verse 21, Jesus then promises a manifestation of God's love through him. He promises a manifestation of God's love through him. He says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. What beautiful words here. Jesus will manifest that love to us as he reveals to those who are obedient by loving him and keeping his commandments. What is the reward for loving Jesus and keeping his commandments? It says right there in the scriptures, what is the reward for loving him and keeping his commandments? Right, eternal life, that's, that's one, but what is the main reward? By the scripture right there. You'll be loved by the Father. That's what it says right there. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. You're going to experience the Father's love by loving Jesus Christ. You're going to experience that wonderful love of God. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. And those who receive this promise here, this love, they're not called Christians. They're not even called believers. And to describe four times by Jesus in verse, verses 15 and 16, verses 21, and again in 23, they're described that those who love Jesus, those who love Jesus Christ, as we love Jesus, we are loved by the Father. And then... We begin to experience something that is priceless. We begin to experience something that no money could buy. We begin to experience a life that is unique. It's unique because it's personal to you. It's unique because the love that God has for you is the same, but yet it's different. Let me explain. God loves you in the way you want to be loved, and he loves you in the way you need to be loved. God knows exactly what each one of you need, so he loves you in that way. And he continues to pour that love out upon you through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's personal. It's not only unique, it's personal. It's intimate. It's between you and he. It's an intimate relationship. In fact, the word know in Scripture usually means something like the most intimate relationship between a husband and a wife. That's how God knows you intimately. He knows everything about you. Everything. Some of you might be going, ugh. Everything? Yes, God knows everything about you. Everything. It's affectionate. 
He continues to pour his love out upon you. It's affectionate. He loves you in, way, he loves you in ways that you can't even imagine. He, he loves you in ways that you haven't even found out about yet. He loves you in ways that are unfathomable. You can't even describe them or think about them. He loves you in so many ways. It's incredible. It's a caring love. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He, he loves us. It's a committed love. He's committed to you. He's absolutely committed to you. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will live in you how long? Forever. The Holy Spirit will live in you forever, Jesus said. But it belongs, according to this scripture that Jesus is saying, only to those who love Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture says. I'm not making this up. That's what the scripture says. Those who love Jesus Christ. The world can't experience this because they don't know him. The world doesn't know who he is. They haven't experienced this love. Should they experience this love, I guarantee they'll know who he is. The world will know who he is if they experience it, but they haven't experienced this love, so the world doesn't know him. They can't see him, but you can see him. If you've been born again, you have spiritual eyes. You can see the kingdom of God. You can see his glory everywhere. The world can't experience him. The world has shut him out. Every time you turn around, the world is shutting him further and further and further and further away. I love watching. I'm a history buff. You know that. On D-Day, I was watching all this stuff about the, the D-Day invasion and things like that. And they played the prayer that President Roosevelt prayed on national TV. Or was it national radio? Let me tell you, 19. Yeah, probably national radio, not TV. A little early for TV. Anyhow, he prays this beautiful prayer to God on, na on national radio, and it's a gorgeous, wonderful prayer. Can you imagine any president doing that since? No way. No, they would be laughed out. But God, he prayed this. But the world doesn't experience this. The world doesn't know this. And so all this is going on, and Jesus is pouring all this love out onto his disciples, and Judas, who isn't Iscariot, Wants to get part of the he wants to be part of the mix. He must feel left out because, you know, Peter said something and everybody else said something. And wait a minute, what about me? So he asks this question in verse 22. He says, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Well, in answering Judas, Jesus repeats the things he's already said. Look at 23 and 24. Now, before I read these scriptures, let's make it clear. Think about this. When the Bible says it one time, you take notice. When the Bible says it more than once, you really take notice. If Jesus is repeating himself of the things that we've already gone over, there's a reason here that he wants you to know this. There's a reason why this is important. It's because he's repeating it. Look at 23 and 24. Jesus answered him and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come, in, come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. He's answering this question. He says, hey, I'm going to be revealed to you. I'm going to manifest this love to you only through love, obedience, and union with the Father. It's not a mystical experience, folks. It's not something you can sit on a mat and cross your feet and hum and try to get entertained to. It's an experience that happens by loving Jesus Christ. It's a real life experience. And I can say I've seen that experience in a lot of your lives. I've seen that experience. 
I've seen you have that experience with God where it's changed your life. It's a lived out experience because of the work of the Holy Spirit. So God's love would be manifested to us by the person of Jesus Christ in us. If we treasure God's word, if we love God's word, if we obey it, then the Father and the Son will share their love with us. That's what it's saying. Their love will be manifested in us. They will come into our lives and make themselves home with us. I have to ask you a question. Is the Holy Spirit and Father and Jesus all at home in your heart today? Are they all at home in your heart? Have they come in and they taken a broom and gone, we got to get rid of this. Oh, let's get rid of this. Come on, let's get rid of is, is, Are they alive in your heart today? You know, I pray they are. I pray they are. And you've experienced that love? They're alive in your heart? Because he said, if you come in, because one of the prayers we pray when people come to Christ, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And when we pray that prayer, Jesus says, okay. And he comes in through the Holy Spirit. And then the work begins. This is a messy house, Dave. We got to do some cleanup here. You've accepted my love. Now let's see what we can change. This has got to go. But that's my favorite thing. You got to get rid of that. Okay. As I'm obedient, I experience his love more. His love becomes more real to me. This has got to go. Not my favorite chair. Yes, that's got to go. As he throws these things away and gets rid of these things, as I yield to the Holy Spirit and I let the Holy Spirit do the work, my heart becomes more and more pure and I can love other people with his love. And he can do a mighty work in me. Because I haven't yielded, I mean, I haven't resisted the Holy Spirit. When a sinner trusts Jesus' work on the cross, the Holy Spirit comes in, and you become a child of God. The Holy Spirit abides with us forever. The Spirit takes up residence in our heart. But as we yield to the Spirit's guidance, as we yield, as we begin to love the Word of God, and we begin to devour it, and it becomes alive to us, because it is a living Word, and it becomes alive to us, and it starts to speak to us volumes. We absorb it, and we get it more, and then we pray, and then we, we obey and there's a deeper and deeper and deeper relationship with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit. Wiersbe said this, quote, Salvation means we're going to heaven. Woo-hoo. But submission means that heaven comes down. I love that. Heaven comes down and is dwelling in you. They have come down, they're dwelling in you. Our experience with God ought to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it will as we yield to the spirit of truth, it will go deeper and deeper. And as we permit the spirit to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, God will manifest his love towards us in a deeper way. If we love him with all our hearts and if we obey him, God has manifested his love in Jesus Christ and we are to love him. So what does it mean to love Jesus Christ? Jesus tells us four times what it means. It means keeping his commands. It means keeping his commands. Let's read. We already read that, excuse me. In verse 15, he says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In 21, whoever has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me. 23, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my word. Do you understand what's happening here? Many of us say we love Jesus Christ. Many of us say, oh yeah, I love the Lord. Really? Well, are you keeping his commandments? Are you doing what it says here? And again, a commentator I read said this, loving Jesus is a response to beauty and greatness and glory. It's not a response in the need of weakness or defect, which also means that love for Jesus is pleasurable. 
It's pleasurable to love him. It's pleasurable to love our God. It's desiring him because, listen to this, he is infinitely desirable. It's admiring him because he's infinitely admirable. It's treasuring him because he is infinitely valuable. It's enjoying him because he's infinitely enjoyable. You understand where we're going here? It's being satisfied with all that he is because he is infinitely satisfying. It's the reflex of the awakened and newborn human soul to all that is good, true, beautiful, and it's all embodied in Jesus Christ, unquote. Isn't that great? I love that. So loving Jesus is not a matter of doing excellent things. Did you hear what I said? Loving Jesus is not a matter of doing excellent things. Loving Jesus is a matter in delighting ourselves in an excellent Savior. Delighting ourselves in an excellent Savior. Jesus says, doing excellent things, keeping my word, is the result of delighting in him. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. As I love Jesus, the one in me to do what is right, the one in me to follow him, becomes greater and greater and greater. And I follow him in a greater degree. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. So I guess the next question is, what has he commanded us to do? Well, he knows he's commanded us to love God. He knows he's commanded us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He knows he's commanded us to love one another. But all through the Gospel of John, there are commands. There are commands all through the Gospel of John. I just happen to have them here. You're in luck. In John 1.12, he said, receive me. Receive me. In John 1.43, follow me. In John 5.8, he says to the crippled man, get up. Are you crippled by your sin? Confess them and get up. Confess them and get up. Don't hang around in your sin. If you're crippled, confess them and get up and walk in Christ. He said to Lazarus in chapter 11, rise from the dead. Are you dead in your trespasses and your sin right now because you haven't accepted Jesus Christ? You can change that. Accept Jesus Christ and you'll be alive again. You'll be dead to sin, alive to Christ. That's what scripture says. He said, believe in the light. Believe in God. Believe in me. Abide in me. Ask whatever you wish. Abide in my love. Receive the Holy Spirit. These are commands. These are commands that he has given us all throughout the Gospel of John. If you want to receive his love, obey his command. If you want to prove that you love him, obey his commands. These are things. To believe in Jesus is to place your full faith, full trust, full hope in him. And where there is true faith in Jesus, there's love. There is love. We know our faith is true because we love each other. For where there is not love for each other, there is also no true faith in Jesus. And that takes me to 1 John 4. I'm going to read verses 20 through 5. 5. John writes these words. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him, who begotten of him. Him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For, his, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. 
For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I love that. His commandments are not burdensome. So you have to ask yourselves, do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ? Do I truly love my brothers and sisters in Christ? Lord, do I have to love them all? All of them? Including that one? Yes, you have to love them all. Oh, Lord. Yes, you have to love them all. But I told you before, you guys are so darn lovable, it's easy to love you guys. You're all so greatly lovable, it's easy. Kind of like me, right? What? Excuse If you call yourself a Christian, you need to be loving fellow Christians. We find that this is what's lacking in the manifestation of a godly life. If you're lacking in this area, if you do not have love for one another, if you do not have love, how do you fix that? You go before the Lord and you confess it. Lord, I can't love this person. But I know you can and you want to love him through me or her. So Lord, I confess that I can't do it. Help. And through the Holy Spirit, as I yield, he will show you how to love that person. And you'll love them. How are you? Come on. This is what we do. This is how we love one another. The Lord is patient and long-suffering. And he shows that he loves you. My God, what? He'll bring forth fruit. See, love is not a mere sentiment. Love manifests itself in our lives as we obey. Love is an action word. Love is an action word. So our love will not do anyone good if it lies sleeping within us. If we keep it dormant, if we keep that love, pat it down and push down, if we grieve the Holy Spirit and not let the Holy Spirit work in our lives so that we can love each other. You can't see someone drowning and say, feel sorry to your brother. And believe that, you know, you're all right. You've got to help the person if they're drowning. John says we should learn from God what love is. That we need to lay down our lives for our brethren. Remember the example in chapter 13? Jesus did what? Wash their feet. Wash their dirty feet. Even Judas's. Even Judas's before he went out to betray the Lord. He washed his feet. So bottom line. Let's wrap up. Bottom line. Love Jesus. Keep his commandments, receive him, abide in him. Overflow with his fullness to others in love. You do this and you will find more love for each other. As you love each other, more love will flow and you'll be able to love even more, more freely. It's a freeing thing, folks. It really is. It frees you up. It takes all the pressure off of you. It really does free you up when you begin to love people in this fashion. It takes all the pressure off of you. And then it says the Father will come. The Holy Spirit will come. Jesus will come and you'll be together, one. And you won't be an orphan. You won't be comfortless. They will comfort you and love you in a personal way, a way the world doesn't understand. They will manifest Jesus to you and make your home in your heart. You are The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.